Hi, everybody. My name's Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed. And this is FitClick. This is a podcast where we talk about fan fiction. Each episode, the three of us bring a fic to talk about, and this episode, Nick is up first. So Nick, tell us what you brought. My fic for this episode is called Smashed Creatures by Avocado Moon. It is a fic for the 2019 thriller film, Ready or Not, and the main pairing is Grace slash Daniel. Brenna, what did you bring for this episode? My fic for this episode is The Ghost in the Garden by Clocknobbin. It's for the Witcher video games. Uh, the pairing is Geralt Emir because it's me and that's what <laughs> I bring for <laughs> this uh, franchise. Reed, what's yours? My fic is A Better Way Forward by Ignis Mai. It is for a fandom new to the pod, Formula One RPF. The pairing is Lando Norris Lance Stroll. It has such a normal title for such a wild <laughs> fic. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's a very normal fic with a very normal oh, premise. Right. Sorry, sorry. No, you're oh, right. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So we do have like a, a real intro for this episode. But before we get into it, I told my co-hosts I had a retraction, um, but I didn't tell them what it was. <laughs> so I keep wanting to say a retraction to print, but like this is an audio medium. A retraction to verbally take back. Um <laughs> So if you listened to my birthday episode, you'll know that my co-hosts made a U-quiz and the U-quiz was something like, which character trope that Reed really likes or you, something like Uh that. And I got Guy You Think You Can Fix and I took, I had some qualms with this. Yeah. The title of Guy You Think You Can Fix just brings to mind to me a guy with a billion red flags from like Mm -hmm. current media. I don't know. It's, I'm like, no, no, no. So then, like, last week, I bought this new video game where it's a dungeon crawler and also a romance game where you have weapons, and then you, when you fight with the weapons, they turn into people and you can romance them. It's called Boyfriend Dungeon, if you're interested in buying it. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I've never heard of this before. It's really hilarious to me. Um, And so I was romancing one of the first people that you meet, and he's a sword, and his name is Sunder. And, like, almost immediately in the romance, like, you meet, like, one of his friends and she's, like, listen, Sunder's a bad guy. Like, he only, like, plays around with people and leaves them worse. Like, I'm telling you right now, like, you should get out of here. And my gut instinct to me was, like, no, absolutely not. Like, mm-hmm. not not exactly I can fix him, but I had the immediate instinct, like, no, but it'll be different for me. And then I sort of put my head down in shame and was, like, mm, maybe my friends uh-huh. do know me and maybe maybe this was accurate. And then, okay, spoilers, if, if you want to play this game, uh, spoilers for the end of Sunder's Route, so skip <laughs> past this. But um, one, he's a vampire, wild. I don't know why in a game where people can turn into weapons and, like, back and forth, why I was surprised that there was other magic, but there is, and it really caught me off guard. Anyway, at the end of the route, he dumped me. I was like, hello? <laughs> this is a romance <laughs> game. How dare you? Um, and, like, it was fine because I had two other people I was dating, and they both were perfectly great, but it turns out I could not fix him. So. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. But could you make him worse? Oh, ooh, guy ooh. you could make worse. <laughs> that literally the U-quiz. Hot new trip. Yeah. Brenna and I and our yeah. friend Molly took a U-quiz that was just sort of like... Yeah, it was can you fix him or can you make him worse? Um, 
and there were also a couple other options. I was I got you could make him worse. Um but that is because I chose all the options that were like, what will you do? And I was like, I'll gaslight, gaslight him. <laughs> yeah, I picked the same thing. Um well, now that I've gotten my really embarrassing retraction out of the way, which Ficklets, I hope you will forgive me for this transgression. Nick, your fix yes. had a bit of a twist and a turn at the end. Oh, and- you could say that. <laughs> oh, you sure could. <laughs> um, and we will obviously get to that in your fic discussion, but you had an idea for how that might um, lead to a good intro for this episode. Yeah, so sometimes you're reading a fic and the turn that it takes make you makes, makes you go, wowza. That's bonkers. So <laughs> Is that's that? how I felt. <laughs> Is that what you said word for word? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it that hard to believe? <laughs> no, I believe it. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so I thought I really enjoy those moments. I love it when an author takes a big swing and does something that you literally never could have anticipated. And I thought, you know, we're imaginative. Uh, we've done a lot of fix on the pod that I would say ended in ways that seemed internally consistent with the way I expected them to. What if they didn't? What if they, what if they just didn't? What if, what if we took the big swing on this author's behalf and did what they might have been too nervous to do and insert massive plot twists into their works for them? Mm-hmm. So that's what I was thinking personally about today <laughs> as I was preparing to record this episode. I was like, yeah, what if... And so I thought that could be fun to do as a little collective squad before we discuss our fix properly. Yeah, sounds good. Nick, did you have one that you wanted to kick us off with? <laughs> oh, sure, Brenna. <laughs> wow, what a natural way of speaking. <laughs> we sound like real people. We're just having a conversation on our podcast. <laughs> I like talking with my friends. That TikTok audio, TikTok audio that's like, wow, I just had a wonderful <laughs> conversation with a friend. Uh-huh. I don't know that one. I'm still a TikTok noob. Yeah, so the one that I was thinking about when I first kind of came up with this idea was, um, Ficklets might remember, we discussed the fanfiction for BTS Worldwide Lonesome by Loin Dexter in episode 13. Um, And so in that fic, they're in the real world, and it ends with uh, emotional resolution, uh, getting together, and friendship and self-acceptance. And I thought, what if they got abducted by aliens? What if yeah. the alien, the UFO just comes in and abducts them? And then that could actually, Loin Dexter, if you're listening uh, and you wanted to write an alternate ending, it could lead into a sequel, actually, as you could capitalize off of the popularity of Worldwide Lonesome. And then it becomes intergalactic lonesome because he's in space. I also like that um, this is you trying to put A-pop into the world, um, which yeah. is not a thing that we've ever talked about in the pod and does not exist except for in our DMs, but... Um... Consider K-pop idols, but in space, but still canon. Yeah, well, I will say, if you're confused about what the A in A-pop means, uh, it's alien. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the aliens are the fans, though. Yeah. The yeah, idols well, are, they're, they're K-pop idols from Earth for the most part. For the most part. Yeah. Later, like, later generations of A-pop might have more alien oh, idols. Oh, <laughs> okay, that's good to know. Yeah, so that was just my thought for Worldwide Lonesome, just to give you both an example as you begin reimagining other endings of <laughs> beloved works that we've talked about. <laughs> So you know how in, like, every intro to writing class you ever take, they're like, do not end your story with, like, and they woke up and it was all just a dream. Mm. Yes. What if what if you did do that for the end of a fan fiction? Oh. And specifically, what if you did that for Dwelling by Adiomite, which we talked about Dwelling. in episode 30? <laughs> oh, no. 
In which the whole thing is that they're dreaming and then wake up and it, like, very distinctly is not a dream. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's like an actual, like, crucial part of that fic. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I was actually trying to pitch this fic to a friend of mine this past weekend. And she was, like, looking at it. And I was like, it's not an AU. And she's like, but it says, like, Neville's the chosen one. And I was like, but it's not an AU. And she was like, I don't know what this means. And I was like, don't worry about it. Like, mm-hmm. read the fic. And then I could just undo all of the, like, really good work that Amy uh-huh, did uh-huh. by having them actually wake up from another dream at the end. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Compelling. But, okay, wait, but here's the thing. Do they wake up and then it's, like, back to what it was, like, at the start of the fic? Like, that Ooh. universe? Or do they wake up and it's, like, another reset back to, like, the canon of, like, the books? Oh, oh, it's another reset. We're going, like, okay. vaguely Inception with a dream within a dream. Where, like, okay. the dream within a dream is the alternate life that they live together. And then oh, they wake up and they're like, oh my god, I can't believe we we're trapped in this curse, et cetera, et cetera. Huge spoilers for dwelling, but, you know. Yeah. Go oh my god, episode. I can't believe I slept for a week straight and had this incredibly <laughs> vivid dream. <laughs> like, you know. Wild, <laughs> absolutely wild. Let's go yeah. on with my life as normal now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think it would be... Well, I like that read. Yeah, not an improvement at all, but it no. sure would be a plot twist. Yeah. We never promised improvement. No. <laughs> Yeah, we can fix it. We can make it worse. This is us making these worse. Oh, yes. yes. This is not us fixing them. They don't need fixes. They no. We're just making them worse. <laughs> yeah. What um, have you got, Bren? Yeah, one I was thinking about is uh, for the fic, uh, The Interpreter, which is the Snowpiercer fic that we discussed many moons ago, but remains one of my favorite fics that we've discussed on this pod. Um, at the end, they sort of like escape this underground uh, civilization that they've been living in and like venture back up to the surface which has been uh covered in like a new ice age i was thinking what if once they got back up to the surface they discovered that actually there's just a lot of people who are already like up there <laughs> and, like, i'm sorry this like isn't funny but i'm finding it really funny um that there's just like already civilization so they just sort of like go up and maybe they're like walking for like a day or two but then they sort of, like, stumble onto this, like, hotel, and it's got, like, hot tubs and pools, and, like, people are, like, drinking Mai Tais, and they're, like... <laughs> wow, we've, we've ruined um, <laughs> the interpreter as a fic. I, yeah, I want to be clear. I don't want to read that fic. I just think it's <laughs> funny. Yeah. Good thing none of us write fan fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll leave that to the authors of the pod. Yeah. They're much better at it than I am. <laughs> Yeah, so one thing, uh, if if you listened to last episode, you heard me have uh, some, you could say, challenges with figuring out what the heck was going on in Reed's fic for the first half of it. Not because the fic didn't make sense, but because I had decided that they were in space because I got really <laughs> confused. Uh, so I thought the other fic that we did in the Fire Emblem Three Houses canon, Wander the Wild Whereby, where they are in space, what if, uh, we did that one in episode 37, I'm out of my gourd, fairly recently as well, uh, what if in that fic, um, at the very end, you know, they're in space the whole time, they land on, I guess, Earth, and they become cowboys, and it turns out it was the 1800s the whole time in space, too. <laughs> is, that, is that how that's... I think it'd be kind of a wild plot twist. Um, so it can it can be the bridge that I had already created in my brain. We can literalize it between those two fics. At Mediest and at Among Lilies, if you're listening, you can collaborate. This is a free idea. They're always free. Anything you hear on FicClick, you can write it. Okay, okay. I have something for the two of you. Or like a question. Okay. Mm. So, arguably, this fic already has a plot twist ending. Okay. Um, 
you two might be familiar with the fic The Denial Twist, uh, mm. which we did in episode eight. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I'm change. very familiar. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so sort of the plot twist at the end of that fic is that essentially the Mothman was playing matchmaker for Ryan and Shane. And that is already bonkers. Mm-hmm. But like, I think we can make it more bonkers. I think what <laughs> okay. we do is we just bring in more cryptids. Ah, okay. I see, I see. I And I think Nessie should be there. And I say that because I love Nessie. Um, I'm not a big cryptid person. Like, I know there are people who are really into cryptids, but like, I do think it's important for me to say that I love Nessie with my whole heart and I believe that she's real. Um, I just want to be clear that you are talking about Nessie the Loch Ness Monster, yes. right? Not like <laughs> Nessie, the nickname for Bella and Edward's child. Yeah, Brenna, I was talking about Nessie, the beloved well, Loch Ness Monster oh, who is yeah. real and not... That's the- not what I thought you were going to say, Brenna. <laughs> I thought you were going to say not Nessie, the ship between Nile Horan and Nile <laughs> Oh, well, okay. I Not that either, which is beloved and I think it's real. <laughs> <laughs> I am talking about Nessie, the beloved Loch Ness monster. Yeah, and I think she course. should be in the denial twist. I just don't know okay. how. This is oh, my pitch. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still laughing. I think Nessie, the ship between Malhorn and Mal Breslin, should be in the denial twist. Would that be more or less whack? Do you think? Because like they're human beings that exist. Um, I don't know. It would be. Really unexpected. <laughs> I mean, Nessie can bring in Nessie. <laughs> yeah, and you can take that either way you want it. <laughs> I actually okay, don't, great. I don't Next think cryptid. I want it either way. <laughs> no, we got it. We got it. <laughs> um. Okay, my concept is that the goat man comes back um, and he just comes back to like get his bridge back from Shane. Mm. But it's not like in any sort of like... Ooh, they have like a big showdown at the bridge. It's like he like serves Shane with like legal court documents. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I like that. No, I like that. That's good. Thanks. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I think okay, aside from what we already decided for Nessie, I do think there should be something that's almost like it's a wonderful life esque or like the night before the night is it the night before Christmas where it's like the ghosts of Christmas past present and future no the night a before Christmas, Christmas is something a else Christmas a Christmas Carol, carol. Is the thank movie you you're looking for I don't know films oh I thought you were talking about <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas ah <laughs> no that's a, that's, that's also different Wait, I have not seen I was, <laughs> yeah I was got really lost in this Nessie brings Halloween yeah. <laughs> No, I was just gonna say she shows them alternate universes, but I guess that's fine too. That's how the, the skeleton go, right? of Nessie. <laughs> Santa brings people presents on Christmas, and Nessie <laughs> is the harbinger of Halloween. Perfect. Okay, we've done it. Be yeah. the change. Take notes. <laughs> Apologies to all of these authors for yeah, we... doing what we have done here. Um. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We did deeply love your original fix. You can go back and listen to those ev- episodes if you need evidence. But um, yeah, we did just sort of make them worse. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> yep. One of our mini skills. Mm-hmm. You know, who else makes things worse? Daniel's family for him in your fix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so right. You're so right. So my fic for this episode is called Smashed Creatures by Avocado Moon. It is a fic for the 2019 thriller movie Ready or Not. 
It is uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 27, 28,000 words, and the pairing is Grace slash Daniel. So in the film, I'll, I'll give you a brief overview of the content of the movie first, uh, because if you're anything like me, you, you heard that fandom name or saw it and were like, I don't know what that is. And then you just read the whole fic anyway and figured it out eventually because you kind of got context. Anyway, that movie is about uh, Grace is our main character. She is marrying Alex, who's Daniel's brother. And after they get married, she is basically playing the deadliest game of hide-and-seek ever with his family who have weapons, uh, and they're trying to kill her. Cool. Um, she Spoilers for the film. I've already spoiled a bit, but more spoilers for the film. Thank you. She does escape at the end, Final Girl Grace. We love to see it. And we find out that the family made, some ancestor in the family made a deal with the devil, and that is why they have to do this when someone marries into the family. So personally, I have not seen this film, but I did watch a 10 minute YouTube video about how you could survive it if you were in Grace's position, even though, you know, she does, but I guess optimizing. And I also read the Wikipedia summary. So I feel like I'm an expert and I will do my best to guide you in our fic discussion. This fic is technically canon divergent. Before I get too much into the fic itself, I do want to talk content warnings because there's pretty much nothing tagged on it. So just FYI before you jump in, or if you've already jumped in, hey, you know what I'm about to say. Um, so aside from warnings from the movie, which are, you know, like attempted murder and violence against other people. Um, and I think real murder. Oh yeah, real murder. That's true. There's, yeah. If you watch the movie trailer, there's a lot of oh, nice. murder. Thank you, Brenna. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are you What are you going to do? <laughs> Whoops. Murder. It's like a thriller, dark comedy, horror movie kind of a situation. So the trappings of that. Um, aside from that, the fic does deal a lot with cyclical family abuse, manipulation, cult-like behavior, um, stalking, things like that. Um, mostly against Daniel, not so much against Grace, who's the POV that we're in. Um, so those are the big ones, and I would say that those are things that you will want to pay attention to if any of that might be sensitive for you as you're going into the fic. Um, am I missing anything? Did you say, I mean, I don't know if this is just kind of in, like, cyclical family abuse, but, like, mm -hmm. child abuse specifically? Because there's a lot of, like, Grace thinking True. she was, like, beaten as a child. Yes, yeah. So Grace, um, she is... There's, there's that piece of it where she, like, sees a lot of signs of abuse in Daniel, and then there's also she grows up in the foster system. So she does recall abuse that she has witnessed or experienced in the past as well. Uh, it's not graphic. All that we get is implications of abuse. But FYI, that's in there as well. Yeah, thank you, Reed. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> so that is uh, the warnings for the fic. Uh, the premise, it is canon divergent technically. We're going to talk about how this connects in with the canon of the film throughout our discussion, I think, especially as we get to the ending, which we hinted at being kind of a wild twist earlier. Um, which really, like, it's it's a pretty big spoiler. If you want to read this and experience it for yourself, you're welcome to. I think it'll be fun to listen to either way. Um, so in this fic, Grace is a bartender. She went through the foster system. She doesn't really have any family. She doesn't have a lot of friends. And she bartends for pretty wealthy people that come through her bar. So that is how she meets Daniel, who's a rich, sad boy. And they make a connection. Um, so the fic is about their developing relationship, and it's also about Grace coming to understand more about Daniel's life, why he's pulling away, doesn't want to get that close to her, why he behaves like someone who was abused or is abused in his life, 
Um, and yeah, it just, it just really explores them as individuals and in their relationship together. That is the bulk of this story. Um, I thought it was really interesting. There's a lot that I liked about it. There are a lot of reasons I wanted to bring it to the pod. I think it's unlike stuff we've done before. So we're going to have a bunch to talk about, I'm sure. Before we get into that, though, I would love to hear what my co-hosts thought about this fic. Yeah, Nick, I totally agree that this feels quite different from other fics we've brought, um, which is something I know that you said when you were sort of pitching this to us um, previously when you are like, hey, does this sound like an okay thing for me to bring? Um, I mean, I think first and foremost, it's just different because heterosexual. It's, yeah. it's very straight. Um, it's pretty straight. And I was going to say, is this the first time we've brought a straight ship to the pod? But no, your persuasion fic also... <laughs> So just making sure you hit the like heterosexual quota. Well, I'm I'm sure I'm sure someone who listens to this podcast is straight out there. So this one's for you. Yeah. But joking aside, yeah, it's very different in tone, um, in sort of the tension that it builds. Uh, I knew nothing about this franchise. I read the Wikipedia summary and that's it. I did not watch any YouTube videos and that was all of the context I needed. Um, I definitely appreciated having that context going in. I think I would have been a little confused without it because Daniel makes all of these like really obscure references to like the horrible things his family does. And um, I think knowing what those things were as a reader was helpful. Yeah, I found this fic to be like, okay, I don't know if this is anything because it's been a couple of years since I've seen this movie and I don't remember it super uh-huh. clearly, but I was thinking about a simple favor as I was watching as I was watching, as I was reading this fic, <laughs> um, which is the movie with Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick, um, where, like, the relationship is just kind of fucked up from the beginning, but it it builds and builds, sort of, especially as you see more of Blake Lively's character unraveling, again, as far as I remember it. And it's, like, not quite the same here, but it was kind of the feeling of, like, Daniel is clearly fucked up. He's got a lot going on. And Grace is, like, pretty steady on her feet like I really liked her as a POV character but also like Grace he comes to the coffee shop where you go on your off days and like tells you that he did a background search on you and basically like stalked you there and she's like "Ooh, creepy but also like he's hot and I'm like Grace he's kind of nice (laughs) like I know that he's like sad and this is kind of weird but like he's just kind of bluffing about like yeah intimidating me he gives Um, off a cool vibe yeah so it's one of those things where it was like the relationship's, like, a little bit wonky from the start, but, like, in a way that I was into, um, and especially as it develops. And like I said, I really liked Grace as a POV character. I liked um, sort of getting her rationale for why she even bothers with Daniel when he is clearly comes with a lot of baggage for a lot of different reasons. Uh, yeah, and then it just culminated in an absolutely bonkers ending, <laughs> which I won't get into right now, but uh, definitely surprised me. Yeah, I really enjoyed this fic. It's definitely different than things we read before. It reminded me a lot of just reading genre fiction, to be honest, more so than like fan fiction. Um, And I know we deal a lot in like kind of fics that bridge the line between like fan fiction and other mediums and like kind of what even constitutes like fan fiction. What do we mean when we say like something is kind of written like fan fiction or not? But this one definitely felt a lot more like genre fiction. Um, I think because of like the subject matter, because of the way the ra- the way the relationship was written, um, Grace as a POV like main character also just like reminded me more of a character you'd encounter in like published genre fiction. Like 
I've read a bunch of like published romance books recently and Grace reminds me more of like someone yes. I'd see there. Mm-hmm. And like I liked her. I would totally read a full novel with Grace as our POV character. Um, I thought she was great. She was really fun and just kind of had that sort of like a little sprinkle of kind of the like, I'm not like other girls, <laughs> but in a way that like it wasn't too overwhelming. So I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, funnily, I think in the movie she's blonde, but reading the fic, I imagined her as brunette. <laughs> that doesn't matter. That like so does not matter. But I just, yeah, I watched the trailer after I read the fic. Um, and I'd seen the trailer, I think, when the movie first came out because some of my friends were like really into it. So I'd seen it then, but. I wasn't really sure who the characters were, so I rewatched it again after reading the fic just to get a sense of, like, what happens in the movie, especially because this fic kind of doesn't directly encounter the events of the movie. Um, So I was just curious. I have not read the wiki or anything else, so I'm not really an expert on (laughs) the subjects of the movie itself. But yeah, I really enjoyed the fic. Um, I liked the twist ending. I think we kind of had a variety of feelings about it (laughs) um but it really worked for me I can't say I was fully surprised because I was kind of a clown and didn't read the fic before our pre-discussion so my (laughs) I was spoiled for what the twist would be but I still found it effective when I reached it and like it totally comes out of nowhere so like it is really whack maybe it'd be less whack if you'd seen the movie and then you were reading this fic I can't Mm. say because I haven't seen it is it Um, punk rock do you think (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah i definitely think it's punk rock okay. um but i thought it was really kind of like funny i don't know that it was supposed to be but like i found it funny at the end um the twist and yeah i really enjoyed it um i'm excited to get into that part of our discussion talk about how we sort of interpreted uh that aspect as well because yeah i thought it was really good but yeah overall very different very enjoyable i honestly would have read like a full-length novel of this yeah. um and probably read it really quickly i found myself totally getting sucked in and like mm-hmm. wanting to know more and i think it would have been if this was expanded into something more novel length it would have been cool to kind of see either more variations or like this grace and this daniel actually encounter things like the events of the movie and actually have to like go through the bloody trial <laughs> Yeah, I was really interested. I have not seen the movie and I likely never will, but maybe who knows, maybe someday. Uh, we'll see. Um, <laughs> but I was I was curious because it seems like Grace slash Daniel is like the ship in this fandom. Is it a big fandom? No. <laughs> it's quite small. But I don't know. I just found that really interesting. There must be something that happens with them in the movie. I don't think Grace slash Alex is particularly healthy based on how the film is um, him hunting her. Um, but I don't know. I, I think Daniel might be like one of, one of the nicer ones, like trying to help. Eh, maybe. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's not super relevant. I was just thinking about it. But yeah, totally agree. When I first read it, I was like, yeah, this this totally reads like a romance novella almost. Um, it doesn't pretend that this is a healthy relationship at literally any point. Like at multiple points, you, you, like, you read Grace thinking like, well, red flags galore, but I'm into it. And you're like, <laughs> okay, Grace, we're going here. Um, like some parts of it did kind of feel like watching a train that like may or may not crash. And if it does, it's its own fault for crashing, but you're still like, kind of rooting for it to not crash uh, yeah I just thought it was so the prose too was very like sharp and interesting um, yeah I don't know it's just very very literary very kind of romance conventions in terms of how they get together um, I was saying earlier I was like I can't remember um, hell maybe it was this persuasion fic the last <laughs> time I like read a straight romance story <laughs> 
Uh, and so that was interesting too to come back to it and be like, yeah, 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 okay. I remember how this goes. Uh, yeah. I was just thinking about when you're talking about red flags galore, talk about guy you think you can fix. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> that's exactly what this is. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Grace is literally like holding Daniel's face in her hands going like, we could be so good together. And it's like, Grace, you could probably also be good with someone. We could be so dead together too like, yeah. if this goes wrong. No, Reed, she's never felt like this for anyone else. Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's definitely worth it. Yeah. It's definitely worth it to get murdered maybe by yeah. his family and also potentially by him. Probably. Hopefully, hopefully not. not by him. <laughs> like, I don't play him in this fic. Well, if they have to play the game, that's what I'm saying. Mm. I don't think he would, though. I think he'd do a good job at not killing uh, her. Sh- Jesus. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. Okay, Sorry, I will that went say. A little, I, I was going to say that went a little dark. This whole thing is going a little it's, dark. It's a morbid. Yeah. It's, a, it's a dark fic, y'all. We're doing it. We went there. Well, well it is not this dark This is like fic. a dark fic. <laughs> okay, well, it's not. It's, it's a not dark what you would. Er, fic. <laughs> I mean, like Nick said, the movie is a dark comedy. So, you know. I was going to say that, um, as I kind of mentioned, I was glad I had read the Wikipedia summary. And so I knew what the background was on Daniel's family going in. This wasn't like a huge thing that detracted from the fic for me. But at no point does Daniel actually like explicitly say what his family does. He implies a lot. And there's like a kind of a breaking point where he he has to like go back home and see his family for a while. And he ghosts Grace for like a month and a half or two months and then comes back. And when he comes back, he's like, okay, I'm going to tell you the truth. And then she's like asking him questions and he's still kind of being dodgy about it. And at one point he says a line, something like my family like chews people up and spits them out, not literally, but also literally. Um, And that is the closest he ever gets to it. And I just found myself kind of wishing that at some point he had directly, if not said like, my family made a deal with the devil and now we have to play this like fucked up game like blah 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 <laughs> i wish he had just been like my family tries don't to murder hear from the guy you're dating <laughs> she was already hearing a lot of things that like are pretty bad and i i don't know i found myself wishing that at some point daniel had just directly said like by the way the thing that my family does when someone tries to marry into the family is murder hunt hunt them um, for sport yeah just because, like, it was – he was being so dodgy about it the whole time, and I fully got why he was for, like, most of the fic. But when I hit the point where he's like, it's truth time, I was like, okay, then tell the truth. <laughs> then, like, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I think the the closest closest we get is him basically confirming that his family has made him hurt people. Yes. In the past. Um, so that's kind of the – that's that's as much confirmation as you get that it's the same thing as it is in the movie, um, which you could argue maybe it – manifested differently in this canon divergence (laughs) and we just don't know um or maybe you could not argue that i don't know i think you're definitely supposed to think it's the same that it is in the movie um particularly because of like daniel's discussion of having previously dated this person he almost married and then her being like well let's go do all these fun honeymoon things if i survive (laughs) and he's like fuck this true 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 <laughs> Which yeah no that's just, a fair like, assumption absolutely <laughs> i really did catch myself thinking like wow okay well you're offered like this really like kind of lavish life with someone with, like all this money after the marriage if like if you can survive like do you take it or not i don't know <laughs> personally i don't think i would well his family also sounds horrible just in general yeah. so i feel like that would really put you off of it as well um you being sort of just like the hypothetical you who's contemplating the situation but Bren as you were um 
sort of saying the thing about like charity the previous almost wife like laughing i was thinking about how in the fic um because daniel sends grace like a background check on himself basically to kind of help reassure her and uh she finds out that he goes to therapy and so in my head i was like oh maybe he talks about that with his therapist but then what the hell does he actually talk about with his therapist because like he's clearly got a lot of issues and a lot of baggage but like how much into the my family murders people and it's traumatized me since I was a child. Can he actually talk about like, ooh, my ex-wife or my ex-almost wife, uh, my fiance fucked me up. Would you like to talk about that more? No, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me just put my ethics of therapy hat mm. on real quick. Please. Okay. Uh, yeah. So if a client confesses to a crime and there's like ongoing potential for people to be hurt or killed by this crime and they are aware of it and not doing anything to stop it then like yeah as a therapist there is a very strong case for breaking confidentiality and in some cases you are compelled to do so so he probably is not talking about this with his therapist because um that would end badly for him and probably also the therapist <laughs> but okay but here's a question what if it was yeah. more like when i was a child uh-huh. my family really hurt someone and like made me either watch or participate Would that mm. like still because it's like something that happened in the past and wasn't necessarily either directly committed by him or he didn't like he wasn't a willful participant in it yeah so in the state of california <laughs> <laughs> i'm thinking about the child abuse and neglect reporting act Seeing also now that he's an adult, so right. he's no longer it, a child. Yeah, but there is still, if you learn about past child abuse, there's a statute of limitations, and I'm trying to remember what it is. Um, <laughs> not to get completely in the sauce about this. Um, but there also is the question of, like, okay, is your family still abusing children in that case, though? Because there's a very strong case for stuff going on there, and because there's stuff going on with, like, the sister and, like, the fertility issues, mm. and then she became pregnant, and it's, like, implied that there's some kind of malicious stuff going on there that was, like, I didn't want to think too deeply about it. It was kind of horrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, another thing I kind of wondered if that was, like, from the movie in some way or not. Yeah, I think if he says almost anything concrete about his situation the odds of the, his therapist having to break confidentiality are not low <laughs> uh so he would have to be very smart about the way that he presents and discusses it uh in terms of like processing trauma rather than uh describing something that has the potential to ongoingly harm other human beings right i also think that probably saying to your therapist hey my family made a deal with the devil and now we have to hurt people is likely to get you not necessarily where you want to go right i mean because that would invoke tear off too but it also might invoke like hospitalization anyway bren related to what you were just saying about like wondering if the thing with his sister is part of like the movie or like a reference to the movie i can't seem to find it now but i had briefly scrolled through the comments after i read this fic and i feel like i read this there although now i can't find it so who knows but i thought i had read something that was like someone basically saying oh i like that in this fic you had like at one point all of the siblings trying to get out because the commenter who might have been the person this was gifted to was basically like when you watch this movie you just think why don't you stop marrying people like there's a very easy way to stop this yeah. um and so what i got from that implication was like i don't know maybe in the movie like his siblings are pretty complicit with this um but in the fic it tries to give if not more agency like more depth to like why they would be continuing this cycle um and the fact that like his sister at one point was sort of on his team of trying to get out and then something bad happened with the parents and now she's like on their side 
But I do think if that's the case where this author is trying to explain why the siblings are perpetuating this, I think that's a really interesting and, like, good choice. Um, because with a movie like that, yeah, I mean, I, I think with any horror movie, there's usually some pretty big plot holes of, like, why don't you just leave the house? Why don't you just do this? That the people never do because otherwise there'd be no movie. So I like that this tried to, like, explain some of that. Yeah, I mean, I saw the author in some comment replies, I think, talking about, like, cults and how this is very, like, cult-esque. Um, and that really ties in with, like, cyclical patterns of abuse and how does anything come to seem really reasonable when it harms other people? Well, there has to be some kind of, I don't know, there's, you think about how much trauma Daniel has been through. I do think the author made some really interesting and, like, compassionate choices about why there might be like really, really difficult mental and emotional challenges that come with trying to leave. Because in this fic, he tries to leave. He wants nothing to do with them, but it's still really difficult and they have so much power and influence in the world in general. It's just really interesting. Like you, if, if you can't leave, then maybe you feel like you have to continue doing these things or they're going to make your life miserable. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's interesting. And I think this fic had a lot of interesting things to say about it. Okay, I did find the comment and kind of the author said something very similar to you, Nick. It felt much more human and realistic to portray them as being manipulated at the same time that they're manipulating their children to stay as well, which I think ties in yeah. very well to what you were just saying. Totally. Yeah, to go off what you were just saying, Nick, I did like the part in the book where Grace is like, I gotta go get some books on cults. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I don't know. I, I did find, like, as much as you were talking about her ignoring some of the red flags from Daniel early on, she also, like, definitely sees a lot of the red flags, but also, like, I think tries to empathize with what she thinks is happening to him in terms of like trauma from his childhood and his parents and obviously there is real trauma from his childhood and his parents even though it might take on a different form than what grace had imagined it to um but i think like some of her reactions especially being like oh my god were you in a cult i gotta go read about cults were very like like funny but also realistic and like just very human i thought um and i liked the fact that it sort of had this balance of like okay it is kind of toxic between them, but, like, I do think that they're genuinely trying to make it better and mm-hmm. that, like, Daniel wants to be better and he wants to get out. Does that make up for the fact that he's also doing kind of shitty things? No. But, like, it is nice to see him wanting those things and, like, actively trying to make th- I mean, yeah, again, he's going to therapy. That's good. Good work, Daniel, even though you probably can't talk about these things as we've just discussed <laughs> um, in depth. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I think the fact that like his desire to get out and his desire to step away from that world and like seek help um, and Grace's desire to not necessarily fix him, but to help him with that um, made them a compelling like pairing for me. Hey, so let's talk about how this fic ended since we talked about (laughs) we talked around the plot twist quite a lot um okay so long story short grace is visited by the devil in a dream and the implication is that she has done this many times and she will do this many times again of being involved with this family and trying to save them Mm -hmm. that's 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 the that's the short version okay i feel like this doesn't adequately like convey you're reading this fic and then in all caps yeah. bold the devil is like grace and then she starts yeah. like bleeding out her face a little bit oh, and then he's right. like hold on it's been a while since i've done this and then like it changes its form a little bit there is the implication that if this fic is canon divergent there are also numerous other canon divergent potential fics in which yeah as you said grace is sort of 
one way or another lived through this family. Like, she has flashbacks of uh, what I assume is from the movie of, like, one of her successful mm-hmm. escape attempts. And the devil is like, somehow you always manage to escape. Aren't you tired of this grace? Yeah, it's absolutely buck wild. Um, I thought the character of the devil was really funny. <laughs> I feel like that's not what you're supposed to think. And Grace certainly doesn't. Grace is like, fuck you. I hate you so much. Like, get out of my head, you you evil thing. And I, meanwhile, was kind of like laughing. <laughs> but I don't know. I think it was just like the drama of it all that I found kind of funny. Um, But yeah, like you really don't see it coming because like even though like you know that this fic is based off the movie and like Maybe if you've seen the movie and you're aware that the, there is this, like, figure that's done this to them. I don't know if, like, the figure is present in the movie at all or not. Or if it's just, like, sort of some knowledge that they made this, like, deal. Um, maybe you wouldn't find it as surprising. But it is sort of like, okay, they're going along. We know, like, Daniel's family's really evil. They're, like, trying to figure out a way to, like, live their lives without Daniel being sort of in their sphere of influence. Like, blah, blah, blah. And then Grace, like, just goes to bed and has this dream where she... <laughs> realizes that this is like one part of like the multiverse where she's always connected to this family and there's like this devil creature who's like yes I made a deal and okay maybe it wasn't quite how I intended it but here we are (laughs) don't you want just want to give in Grace (laughs) Grace's like I hate you yeah yeah the entire fic is so so grounded it is so real it is so like It really feels like you're with her going through her day-to-day life in the real world where she's like struggling financially and with this guy who's a mess and all this stuff. And then, you know, sometimes you dream of the devil and that's cool. And she doesn't even remember it afterwards, which is, I think, one of the wildest parts to me. Like, has this been happening (laughs) like frequently? Has this happened before to her? We don't know. She just kind of moves on with her life. Yeah, I think maybe the, like, wild plot twist hit a little less hard for me because of that, Nick. Like, because you were just saying that the the rest of the fic is so grounded. Like, the prose is sharp, and I liked that. Um, and I also liked, I don't know, as we were saying, like, Grace sees all of these red flags and kind of chooses to charge ahead anyway. And I liked the way that that informed her personality, I guess. Mm. Um, and sort of the implication that she is always going to be tied to this family. Not necessarily always to Daniel, like... Obviously, in the movie, she marries Alex, um, and she even, like, thinks about that in the fic, that there was a different world in which she could have married Alex, so it's not always the same, but, like, I don't know. I feel like I liked that, for as, like, fucked as the whole relationship was, I liked the idea that she was choosing things and, like, choosing her path, and then the implication that maybe she was always fated to do this. I was like, well, maybe, Um, but I do have to absolutely respect just the sheer audacity to make this the ending like that is incredible i love a big swing i love a big swing oh it was so i was like author you committed to this 120 percent we're just here we're doing it we're in it i loved the energy of it god this is another point at which i really wish i had watched the movie because i kind of wonder like like with our discussion of how the author treated uh the other siblings in the fic i wonder if this was sort of something that the author felt the need to address to like make this fic work essentially because the part of the dream that i found the most interesting is when the devil is sort of like they all had a choice like maybe they didn't realize it but they really did and like i kind of wondered if that was like the point of having this dream was kind of to address that aspect like i don't know how it plays out in the movie and 
here we're obviously supposed to think, okay, maybe the children have a choice, but like the parents don't seem to have a choice. They've like committed to this. But I kind of liked the fact that the devil was like, well, the door was there, but they didn't want to give up all these other things like their wealth and their power. So sucks to suck that they keep killing people. (laughs) But like, that's not on me, baby. (laughs) Well, we've made it to the end of this discussion. Uh, That was a ride. Smashed Creatures by Avocado Moon is a canon divergent fic that really leans into what the heck it means to be canon divergent. Like really, who knows these days? Um, So I really appreciated that it was simultaneously so grounded and so wild that it meditated so carefully on a source material that I would not expect to engender this kind of like nuance and care. I just really loved that. I appreciated it. Um, I loved the writing. I thought it was really cool and I was glad that we got to talk about it and have this discussion. Ooh, speaking of having skeletons in your closet, Brenna, should we talk about your (laughs) fic? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the fic I brought this week is The Ghost and the Garden by Klochnobin. Um, I hope I'm saying that right. I did look it up and that's what they told me. So fingers crossed. Big they. And by they, I mean Google. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um. All right, so this is a fic for the Witcher video games. It sort of takes place uh, post The Witcher 3, um, and its pairing is Geralt Amir, because as I said in the intro, it's me and that's what I bring. So this is basically a case fic in which Geralt is summoned by Amir uh, to Vizima um, to basically assist with something that's going on at court there while Amir and Ciri and a bunch of other people are sort of stationed uh, at that court um so once Geralt gets there he basically learns that there's been these like hauntings that are happening and Amir seems pretty convinced that like they're not legit but for political reasons he still wants Geralt to investigate and if they're not legit then someone's still making them happen so they got to figure that out the ghost that's appearing is the ghost of Amir's uh deceased wife Pavetta who died uh while Siri was very young and that's, I think, contributes to the reasons why Amir thinks that this is all kind of a performative haunting. Um, so, yes, that's that's the premise for it. And then it proceeds from there. In terms of content warnings, uh, a lot of it's going to be pretty like similar to canon for the video games. Uh, there's some monsters that they do have to kill. A few like guards and people do get killed kind of on screen. Um And then there's also sort of the off-screen implication of kidnappings and sort of murder of women um, to fuel the plot to make these hauntings appear, kind of. Um, That doesn't really take place on screen as much, but it's definitely present as they unravel the mystery. Um, Yeah, so I really enjoyed this fic. I do also want to say, I forgot to say this, this is a, this was a rec from friend of the pod, AJ. So thank you, AJ. Uh, I read it a number of months ago and really enjoyed it. And it's just been sitting in my pocket, but um, yeah, great fic. Thank you so much for the rec. Uh, Yeah, I love this. Um, I really enjoy case fic in general, but particularly for media like The Witcher, I I'm bad at video games, um, so I haven't really played The Witcher 3, and the Witcher TV show hasn't really gotten to the events of Witcher 3, and also just kind of focuses on different characters than, like, these fics do, and 
I don't want to read the original books. Everyone says they're very misogynistic. Um, and like, would they have more content to fuel my Geralt, the mirror, like, <laughs> head cannons? Um, I feel like unlikely. I mean, I don't know. Something tells me probably not. So basically where I get all my content for this fandom is through fan fiction. And I really enjoy the world of The Witcher. And so I think reading these fics that delve into the plot and kind of are very plot heavy really really revolve around like the politics or like the world the current events what's happening post the game are really engaging to me it's kind of like getting to read like the next book in this series that i've made up entirely (laughs) of fan fiction (laughs) so this was a great installment um absolutely loved it uh yeah it's definitely kind of a denser fic its word count is about 37k but i do feel like it takes a little it's like on the long 37k side for reading um because it's pretty dense and there's a lot of like political scheming and stuff uh that you kind of have to pay attention to as you read but yeah really enjoyed this honestly i loved it even more on a reread um and i kind of just like it's always fun for me to like return to these characters who like again i don't have a lot of like source material to enjoy for them so i just kind of read fan fiction (laughs) uh but yeah it's all good and i'm curious to hear what my co-host thought i really liked it i liked it a lot um i i don't think i was expecting it (laughs) or expecting to like it as much as i did as someone who is witcher illiterate for the most part um especially because there were so many plot elements and so many side characters and like like you said it is case fic like it very much is like a mission that you would go on in the video game uh, which actually really worked for me i think because it had so much structure and so many video game uh, tropes <laughs> conventions is the word i was looking for my brain gave me controversies and that's not correct <laughs> video um, game had controversies video game controversies not in this fic uh no it had so many video game conventions that it made it easier for me to follow even though there was a lot happening that i wasn't like totally sure of I think that if you don't know the source material, you can read this fic and enjoy it. So just FYI to all of my fellow non-gamers out there <laughs> and or non-Witcher fic readers on the reg. Um, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, it sucked me in. Like Renna said, it's a bit of a, a long 37k, but in a way that I liked it, it was... Um, dense but in the way that makes you want to keep reading so you can get more information and puzzle things out in your head um there's a bit of a mystery behind it so you get to solve it as they do um i don't know that it's possible to solve it uh before them but i think Geralt's good at his job i'll give him that (laughs) Uh, but you do get to watch him solve it and that's fun um the characterization is really fun and interesting the backstory woven in i think it all just really worked for me honestly this is a good read yeah, Bren, I think it's funny that you were like, oh, it's me, so I'm going to bring Geralt Emir. As though I too don't only read Geralt Emir. Yeah. Like, sorry, I should have said it's this pod, so we're only <laughs> going to bring Geralt Emir. Hey, I, I, maybe I'll bring something else someday. Uh, you okay. never know. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of this pairing as well, largely because of your influence. I started replaying the games like a couple months ago, and I didn't get very far in, but it's fun going into it when you just are on, like, a Garel Emir agenda because you just look at any scrap of their interaction and you're like, this could be something, which feels um pretty intrinsic to the fandom experience. And I also do feel like the, like, Garel Emir thing is literally just, like, three friends in a back alley passing around, like, the good fic we find. Um, and the three friends are me, Brenna, and AJ. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So that all being said, uh, yes, I enjoyed this fic quite a lot. Um, yeah, AJ had wrecked it to us, and as you both have said, it's like a dense 37k, and my reading brain has just been offline lately, um, so when you said that you were bringing it to the pod, I was really excited, because I was like, okay, now I have, like, 
an excuse to sort of sit down yeah. and like really get into it. I think in the Geralt Emir fix I've read, it's a pretty common theme to have some flavor of like, Siri has these two dads and now you have to watch her sort of navigate it because Emir is her father, but she was raised by Geralt for like the formative years of her life, like aged five to 17, 18-ish. Then she's like- Yeah, oh yeah, those are like the formative years. <laughs> yeah, literally. And then she's off like traveling between worlds for a bit, doing her own thing. Um, and then Witcher 3, where she is an adult, she's like in her early 20s, I think, is when you find her and then like bring her back to Amir. Um, so I liked the way this fic did it. Like there were bits where Geralt was sort of um, witnessing Ciri like trying to impress Amir, but in part trying to impress him by showing him things that she had learned from Geralt. So like, I don't know. I liked the way that all tied together. They had a fun dynamic as like the three of them. I also liked how because this fic was so plot heavy, the romance that it builds to, it didn't feel like out of left field. Like it didn't feel like it didn't work for the fic or that it was like unwarranted, but also like this fic could have ended as just like an and and not a slash. Like it could have ended without sort of that like last scene and it also would have made perfect sense. Um, so I like how like the them getting together felt justified and yet also like was just sort of like very subtly woven into the plot. And yeah, I think I also just really loved the video game elements. There are a lot of them, like a lot of like very explicit, I have played the game a bunch and here is how the mechanics work. Um, and so that was fun for me too. Yeah, I think like each fic I read for Geralt Amir as a pairing is like an interesting study on like what to do with these characters and like how to get them together in mm -hmm. a way. Like there are definitely some fics where there is this very like intense, emotional, like romantic attachment kind of like pretty early on. But I'd say there's also a lot that kind of take the route of, like, it's these two guys who've had a lot go on in their lives, and they've had these other, like, loves previously, or maybe even concurrently, um, who expect to not really like each other, and then actually realize that there's, like, a lot more depth to each other than, like, what they've assumed previously, and, like, come to some attraction or, like, understanding towards the end. And, like, this definitely takes that route, and... I really like the scenes in which Geralt and Amir kind of surprise each other. I think that's always one of my favorite things with this pairing is that they they always think that they know the other person and then they always have these moments where they realize that like there's sort of more than meets the eye or more than they even like realized. Um, and yeah, I think like, again, it's one of those kind of whack pairing where it's like, okay, how much canon content is there that you've <laughs> created this off of? Like, uh, <laughs> people just kind of, brought it into existence in the way that like fandoms do but um I find that really compelling in a pairing and like I don't know I think it's also kind of refreshing to read a pairing where it's not like oh and they're 17 and this is like their first love that's like changing how they view the world and like life altering it's characters who are much more settled and have a much more firm sense of self um and maybe they are still renegotiating that in certain ways I think a lot of these fics occur towards the end of, like, Amir's reign. Like, he's going to step down and Ciri's going to take over. Um, so there is always sort of that, like, renegotiation of their places in life and stuff like that that I think allows for the entry of romance. But I don't know. I was just thinking about that because I think we read a lot of fics that deal with younger characters. Uh a lot in their like 20s maybe 30s um where these romances are really girl in the mirror in their 60s yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's just fun to read something where like the characters 
have a different perspective on life and where like this romantic engagement is going to mean something different to them than if they had been in their like 20s when this happened. Brand, something I think that's interesting is you were just saying like in a lot of these fics, it sort of plays out in like XYZ tropes or dynamics. Um, and something I was thinking about a lot as I was reading this fic is uh, something we've talked about in the pod is that a lot of fic is like fic of fic. Um, and I think any Geralt Amir fic is fic of Astolat's fic. And I say that not just because um, we are obviously pretty big fans of Astolat's Witcher fic on this pod, but I went back and looked and like the first five or six fics in the tag are all written by Astolat or like someone writing a little epilogue to Mize there, which is the first fic in the tag. Um, and yeah, I think it's interesting because these Geralt Amir fics play on a lot of the same elements, some of it taken from the game. So like you were saying that a lot of the fix take place when sort of Amir's about to abdicate, which is in the game where he says, like, I'm going to win this war, but for political reasons, I can't keep the throne, which is why I need Siri to, like, be my successor. Assuming that you take the plot line where you, like, want Siri to be his successor, you could also go against Amir. There's a whole other path you could take on that. Multiple paths. Anyway, um, but something I also feel is, like, central to, like, a, a meaty Garel Amirfic is the sort of plot on the surface and then the, like, inevitable twist at the end because Amir is really smart and calculating and knows his political court really well. Um, yeah, that's because everyone read Mize there, you know, you're totally correct. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but also, like, I think this fic nailed it because um, yeah. to sort of jump to the end and spoil the plot reveal, uh, yes, they are investigating this supposed like appearance of Pavetta and all of these wraiths and um discover that like someone in um Emir's court basically like has been carrying a torch for Pavetta for 20 something years is uh really upset by the way it seems like Emir just dismissed her also like he thinks like Emir probably killed her and so he's like this is for Pavetta you never loved her like blah 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 and girl is like this is a really weird thing for this guy to do at this time and Emir's like ah oh, well Men who are filled with rage, why do they ever do anything? And girl is like, this is not, like, uh -huh. his immediate thought is like, mm, mm this does not sound like Amir at all. Like, something else is going on here. And then the two of them are sitting in Amir's chambers, and the sister of, like, the guy who was sort of behind the attacks comes in, and she's like, oh, like, I want to beg for, like, clemency on my brother's behalf. And then Amir's like, oh, I pardoned him. But the land of Temeria that we're in won't. He's going to be hanged. By the way, I also know that you're behind all of this and, like, goes into all of these things about, like, her son and, like, this sort of, like, very forward-thinking plan she was trying to enact to, like, put her son in power and oust Ciri. And it was, like, oh, it was so satisfying because I love when a fic just shows how clever Amir is and how everyone, like, who tries to go against him, like, he is always going to be just, like, ten steps ahead of them. It's so satisfying. This fic felt so rewarding. Yeah, where she's like, please forgive him. And he's like, no, too late. Also, I sent your son to the most dangerous war front. Better hope he comes back alive, but it's unlikely. Sorry, babe. See you later. He was like, you can pray that your son is an honorable man. You can even pray that he lives if you want. And it's like, oh, brutal. It's <laughs> metal. Yeah, it's it's intense. And I, I agree. It's very satisfying. I think this fic does such a good job of setting up um, a political plot that is both complicated yet you can also follow it and it is engaging and intriguing as you go along um and then how it sort of wraps up and how it brings back these characters who were introduced a lot earlier is so good like 
I really thought that this was masterfully handled in that regard. And yeah, I mean, read to your point, this is sort of a pairing that was conjured out of thin air a little bit by Astolat. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think even if this author isn't like a fan of Mize there, like, I think a lot of that does kind of trickle down. And I think that leads to a lot of these fics having a pretty big like political component, um, which I love. Like, I love case fic um, and through a lot of different fandoms. And yeah, I thought this one was really excellent. Um, I kind of want to talk about one of my like favorite scenes that happens about like the middle of the fic. And it's this conversation between Geralt and Amir where like throughout the fic, we're kind of learning that Amir's knowledge of like ghosts and things isn't as complete as like he thought it was. <laughs> He's like, oh, they do this, right? And Siri and Geralt are like, well... <laughs> Yes, but also like, they could be more like than this, one kind this, of this, ghost. and that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of like really interesting scenes where basically like Geralt is telling Amir either about monsters or about Witcher life or all of these other things that like Amir didn't know about. But the scene that I really like is where Amir is kind of asking uh, Geralt like what forms ghosts and if they can be formed out of the regrets of a living person. Um, and I think it's a really impactful scene because it really does a lot of work to humanize Amir and I think we kind of also begin to see some of the reasons why Amir seems kind of conflicted between his logical brain thinking that this ghost apparition of Pavetta is fake versus like something in his heart wanting to know if it's really her ghost um because there are definitely scenes where we realize oh even though you've been saying that you know it's fake like there's a little part of you that thinks maybe it's real and this scene I thought was really well handled to kind of reveal that Amir is kind of wondering if it's his regrets that have conjured Pavetta and there's this one <laughs> there's this one line okay I have to read it because I thought it was so good um it basically goes I thought emperors didn't have time for regrets Geralt said they do not Amir said not when they are precarious emperors without heirs engaged in costly wars yet unwon, reliant on the support of those who feel only self-interest and no loyalty he sighed and his expression when he looked at Geralt was frank I am none of those things now perhaps it is timely my regrets have finally reached me if I had ever wondered at it, I'm sure I would have known that they would take Pavetta's form. And I was like, I'm just going to go shriek now because <laughs> this is excellent. So good. And again, like, I just really like this characterization of Amir as like reaching this turning point in his life and having to sort of negotiate these emotions that are coming with it. And also this outsider like knowing that Pavetta's ghost like could get to him in certain ways but maybe not like even the ways that they expected I don't know I just thought it was excellent I really liked it and that scene like knocked it out of the park for me so one thing I did want to talk about a little bit was the extended author's note on this fic um so they wrote a whole dream with post about the process of writing it and the choices they made and why they made certain decisions and I just found it so interesting. I love reading meta from authors about stories that they wrote. I think it's such a cool peek at what they were thinking and how they went about doing certain things. One of my favorite things was um, this author wrote a lot about wanting to push back against the misogyny in the source text, of which, to my understanding, there's a bunch. I don't know. Uh, most of what I know about the Witcher is the fic, and then that one screenshot of him holding a skull, which is like <laughs> Hamlet. Um, yeah, you're welcome. 
so yeah thanks um so aside from that um but it was really cool of the author saying like oh like why are there no female witchers in the game i guess it's just because of misogyny so i decided there should be some and i threw some in there and i have my oc and now i want to write a whole story about her and i was like i love that i love um getting to read about someone like working so hard at something and puzzling things out in their head and ending up with something that they're really proud of and like want more of from themselves i guess I just really liked it. That plus them talking about the video game mechanics was hilarious of like the nod to NPCs walking slowly or how annoying it is to fight indoors. <laughs> so good. Talking when you first start and Maraid walks so slowly through Vizima and it's like, I am dying and you try to run ahead of him, but the doors <laughs> won't open. And also the other NPCs are looking at you with such disdain because you're a witcher. Anyway, yes, I was also very fond of the nod to video game. I was going to say one thing I loved from that extended author's note is you know, uh, uh, as we've talked about many a time on this pod, a central tenant to fandom is like, fuck canon, my rules now. And one thing I loved in particular is how this author was pushing back against, um, like, I guess the canon says, like, Amir didn't feel anything for Pavetta, which is whack. Right. Um, but what they said in particular that I loved was, uh, one of the big themes of the Witcher universe is that it isn't destiny that binds people, but actually their love for each other. And then goes into this whole thing about how, like, Garel is bound to Siri and also to Yennefer and all these things, but, like, it isn't this, like, cosmic entity of fate that, like, makes him do any of these things or that makes any of them push forward the way they do. It's the fact that they genuinely, like, love and care for each other, sometimes, like, despite their best intentions otherwise. And I love that. I have said before when we've talked about Witcher Fix in the pod that I love what the game has to say about, like, morality and not always having an easy choice. And I feel like this also kind of ties into it, like... I think the game can say so many things that I love the way that fic and fandom choose to dig in, sometimes in in spite of, like, its source text. Amir didn't care for his wife, like, the person who broke his curse. Uh, no, fuck that. Also, speaking of the curse, uh, one of the absolute funniest parts of this fic to me, and something that made me laugh out loud, is when it referred to Amir as the cursed hedgehog knight. Um, mm -hmm. Which, like, is true. He was a cursed hedgehog knight, but, like, what? Yeah. Okay, so... What does that mean? The Amir that you get well. <laughs> in the Netflix show especially is... He had a... I don't even remember the particulars of it, but he used to be, like, a young knight, and then someone, like, cursed him to be a hedgehog man. Mm-hmm. Like, well, where where hedgehog Where hedgehog. Oh, my God. Whose hybrid AU is this? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> and then he's, like, in court, and it gets revealed, and he, like, almost dies, and then girl like, saves him, but also, like, Pavetta's love for him, like, transforms him. At the time, he's also going by the name Dooney, so it, like, transforms him back oh. into, like, Dooney, the regular man. Mm -hmm. Um and then they're like, oh my god, Geralt, uh, we owe you so much. Thanks for making sure he didn't die. What do you want? And Geralt's like, oh, fucking, I don't know, law of surprise, which is like, the next thing that you own that you don't know about, it's mine. Except, surprise, Pavetta's pregnant. So, Siri right. is like, Geralt's uh... by law of surprise, which is in part why he ends up with, or why, why she ends up with him. Why would you ever choose that? That seems like you're just asking for problems well, I think it's a narrative <laughs> yeah and also okay, supposed to be like the next thing you could come into it could be like a turnip your neighbor gave you like right right so you're sort of like <laughs> girls basically saying i don't need payment for this so i'm gonna choose the thing that like doesn't necessarily have like a value but like then you get a child so congrats <laughs> girl <laughs> you made a mess could have gotten a turnip got a child yeah it's just it's a new accidental baby acquisition <laughs> <laughs> i wanted like a very turn. old acquisition yeah <laughs> yeah
something I also wanted to talk about that I really loved about this fic, um, and that I hadn't seen in any other Geralt Amir fics that I've read, is, um, usually it's, like, Amir has some sort of task for Geralt, or he's, like, doing his own, like, Witcher thing and comes across something that would be of interest to Amir, and then it's a lot of back and forth of, like, Geralt goes out, and he does his Witcher thing, and then he comes back, and then Amir sort of, like, is taking in the info and processing, like, what's happening politically or around him, whatever, like, it's Amir in court, Geralt out in the bogs fighting the drowners or whatever, and I really liked that in this fic, Amir comes with him, like, they have a whole thing where they, like, go into town and they're trying to find, like, the men behind this, and they're, like, tracking them to different hideouts and hiding in a wardrobe together and all of these things, and I thought it was a fun different side of Amir that I didn't, like, I haven't seen before, and I think it justified well why he'd be going with Geralt, um, and also felt realistic i get like in character to what we know them as in that girl is like this sucks stay out of my way i'm doing my witcher thing and then also amir talks too loud in a wardrobe and gets them both caught it's like my favorite part of the whole fic where they're like whispering and then he's like and then (laughs) people are like did you hear something in the wardrobe oh this guy's so smart but sometimes he acts a fool and that's not real what is (laughs) so true bestie I got tired halfway through that session, so I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. So as a last note, I would just like to say, um, AO3 user Clocknobbin, if you've never read Astolot's fic and you just played the game and you were like, I'm shipping them, <laughs> then I'm so sorry for everything that we said about everyone having read Astolot's fic. That's our experience, and I didn't mean to universalize it. But, um, uh, okay. but yeah, also, so. um, love your galaxy brain if you only played the yeah, game and then yeah. you were like, this could be something. <laughs> Well, because I like in their dream with post, they sort of say like, I wanted to write something like in canon and I wanted to write them because I didn't like any of the other NPCs. So then I was like, have you not read Astolot? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's not all about Astolot on this pod. Um, So, so sorry, uh, AO3 user Clockknob and your fic was thoroughly excellent and we all really enjoyed it. Um, Yeah, so that was our conversation on The Ghost in the Garden, an excellent post-Witcher 3 case fic. Uh, if you like Witcher stuff and are looking for a case fic, would recommend. If you don't know Witcher stuff and like case fic, would also recommend. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I was glad we got to bring this one. Thanks again to AJ for the recommendation. It was really fun to discuss. Pavetta, more like bruschetta. Let's talk about Reed's fic. <laughs> uh, yeah. My fic this episode is A Better Way Forward by Ignis Mai. It is for the fandom Formula One RPF. The pairing is Lando Norris Lance Stroll. And it is... Um, I'm just going to read the tags on this one, I think. <laughs> Yeah, please. Additional tags. Reluctant co-workers to lovers. Dot dot dot. Cars 2 AU? Lance is a spy. Lando's a food critic. Even though IRL he's worse than my 11-year-old cousin who only eats plain pasta. And then alternate universe spies and secret agents. And also podfic available. What a set of tags. So yes, this is an AU um, that is about spies. And also Lando is a Michelin star food critic. Um, meaning that if you don't know anything about Formula One, you don't have to worry. Um, I know, I guess some things about Formula One. I've watched like half of season one of the Netflix show Drive to Survive, and I also occasionally on the weekends will watch, uh, Formula One races, but I really don't know. I just kind of like pick a new person to latch onto like each episode of the Netflix show. Um, Lando Norris was one of those people. 
which is partially why I found this fic, I also felt just incredibly inclined to read it when I read the author's note, which is one of my favorite author's notes ever, um, which reads, I've been putting off finishing this for months, but today I saw a video on YouTube called, quote, Why Cars 2 Sucks, and found it so rage-inducing that I spent the next 12 hours writing in pure spite. Oh, the movie about anthropomorphic cars doesn't accurately represent racing? Fuck you. Cars 2 is better <laughs> than any James Bond movie. And then, in conclusion, I'd like to thank Toe Mater, you're my inspiration, heart. Fucking incredible. Just yeah. absolutely. So good. Yeah. Um, there are no content warnings for this fic. It is just hilarious all the way through. Um, I was laughing audibly through the first and second rereads. It's just a great time. Again, if you cannot tell from this sort of intro, it is a wild premise. Um, and I had a lot, a lot of fun with it. Um, I definitely have some things I want to get into, but mostly just wanted to say that, yes, this fic is super, super, super funny, takes like an absolutely absurd premise and treats it like semi-seriously, and I thought was a very fun read. Um, would love to know what the two of you thought about it. Yes, this was very fun and a uh, wild ride. Um, I don't know anything about the people who this fic, uh, contains i don't know anything about formula one racing i have never seen that netflix show i i don't know i haven't also seen cars too like i don't know anything <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah this was this was very fun it's a really funny fic and the premise of it is hysterical and the way it commits to that premise is handled so well um so it was definitely fun uh and very readable even though like i don't know who the people are i will say i had my classic problem that i have had previously of reading a fic for a fandom i don't know about with two characters whose names start with the same letter and like getting confused by that um that's not the author's fault that's on me but <laughs> Yeah, I did just have to sort of suspend, like, needing to have a concrete grasp on the characters for a while to be able to just, like, enjoy the ride that this fic was putting me on. Um, I will say, I, even though I did not read the wiki summary for Ready or Not, I did read the wiki summary for Cars 2. <laughs> I still only have a loose understanding of how this is a Cars 2 AU. Um, that does haunt me, and I might genuinely have to watch Cars 2. <laughs> <laughs> from what i understand one of the cars in cars 2 does pretend to be a spy and also like the bad guys do plant a bomb somewhere both of which do happen in this fic so like i have to assume that that's kind of what it's going off of but i don't know if any of them are like a michelin food critic or not um <laughs> i hope so i really hope so are there okay are there like restaurants well i was just gonna say i i have seen cars one i've not seen anything else in the cars franchise i do recall there being like michelin tires because they're cars but then in the universe of cars did the michelin company also create like the michelin star rating because i don't i don't know, I don't know. these are these are questions that have yet to be answered <laughs> yeah author if you listen to this sos, SOS. There was a line in the Cars 2, like, do the cars eat food? Because there, there was a line in the Cars 2 summary that, like, referenced wasabi. And I was like, well, you wouldn't have wasabi unless you ate food that wasn't, like, motor oil. Sure. So if there's food, then there's probably restaurants. And if there's restaurants, there could conceivably be the Michelin <laughs> food guide. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Um, yeah, lots of questions. 
Um, I will say apologies to everyone. I did basically just have Stray Kids God Menu running through my head the entire time I was reading this fic. I mean, listen, if you don't have Felix in your brain going, cooking like a chef, I'm a five-star Michelin, which, by the way, took a friend uh, pointing out that there is no such thing as a five-star Michelin (laughs) for me to realize that the line's a little whack. But if you don't have that stuck in your head, like, what are you doing? Felix is five-star Michelin, so. Amen. I would give this fic a five-star Michelin. Yeah. I can't tell if that's insulting or not, because I don't know that, because if he's really a Michelin star critic, then he wouldn't want you to just make up a new rating. Um, unless you're implying like a meta fourth wall break where Lando Norris yeah. of this fic is aware <laughs> that I am reviewing it, and yeah. then he has a bone or to pick like with me. Lando Norris of this fic has written the fic. <laughs> oh, probably not. No, probably not. <laughs> three user Ignis Meyer, are you Lando Norris? <laughs> Acclaimed Formula but One driver? fictionalized. And fan of Cars too. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I don't know. Lando, uh, we don't as far know. as I know, well, he he does stream video games like for fun. I've never watched it. I don't know anything he streams. But like somehow in my brain, there's a line between like streams video game meme status fan of Cars 2. So like maybe he is a fan oh. of Cars 2. Who am I to say? Maybe. I don't know. All I have to say is that um, I really enjoyed this fic and I might have to watch Cars 2 despite never having seen Cars 1. Um, so... Yeah, that's my takeaway. Like, I'm so sorry, author, if that's not the takeaway you wanted me to have. <laughs> but based on your author's note, I think maybe it is the takeaway you wanted me to have. <laughs> so in that case, congratulations, it worked. Ah, I too very much enjoyed this. Um, you know, sometimes we bring three fix, and we didn't intend to do a themed episode, but like we accidentally do. This episode is like the opposite of that. <laughs> um wow we're really we're really tone shifting here and i i do want to thank reed um around the time of last recording for our previous episode i had read like a bunch of really upsetting things um including the fic that i brought uh and also just like other stuff that i've been wanting to read that was like dark and made me sad and i was like please read please i'm so tired (laughs) bring me something that will make me happy and re-delivered so i was very grateful for that um this is an extremely fun fic very lighthearted. um the humor is great i i love reading humor in fic i am obsessed with the premise of like they can't know i'm a michelin food critic so i have to go with literally everything that's happening here and like put my life in danger and fall in love with a spy and all this stuff just it is extremely extremely fun it's what like eight thousand words am i remembering that right yeah i think oh no 14k whoa i was gonna say it's quick (laughs) it's it's a quick 14k um it felt like 8k in a very complimentary way that like i was just having so much fun i flew right through it so yeah very very enjoyable excited to talk more about the nitty-gritty of what lando gets up to here because it's a lot and it's very fun yeah so just to sort of elaborate a little more on the plot of this fic um, friend of the pod M did send me a link to a Tumblr post, uh, which I will now read, um, which is the, like, today I learned Tumblr to start that goes, today I learned there are only around 120 anonymous Michelin restaurant inspectors in the world. They spend three out of every four weeks on the road and must vacate a region for 10 years if they think a restaurant suspects their identity. And then someone went, imagine thinking your spouse is a sexy secret agent for decades only to find out he's a restaurant critic for Fat Tire Boy magazine. Uh, and then someone else goes, better yet. Imagine a real spy getting in trouble and mistaking a restaurant critic for a fellow agent, but the critic takes their job very seriously and won't reveal themselves, and so gets pulled into some kind of huge, dangerous conspiracy, whilst continuing to take notes on the quality of every restaurant they almost get shot in. 
Um, and Ignis Mai took this premise and fucking ran with it. And it was so good. So you start with like Lando and some of his like notes from the restaurant um, that he is currently eating at. This whole fic, the different sections are headed by a quote unquote inspection log by either Lando or his friend George Russell. And they're sort of notes on the restaurant with varying levels of detail or relevance to food. Um, so Lando's in a restaurant, he goes to the bathroom, he like bumps into some shady looking people. And on the way out, someone is like talking to him kind of suspiciously. And so the fic goes, Lando swallows, forcing himself to stay calm as the usual words were playing in his head. Never reveal your identity. Michelin's <laughs> integrity depends on your anonymity. And so, yeah, so what happens is this person thinks that Lando is a secret agent and then like brings him somewhere and is like, oh, like, who do you work for? Am I six? And Lando in his head is like, well, it would be worse to be outed as a food critic. So he goes, uh-huh. MI6, and then, like, gets on this private plane with uh, Sebastian Vettel and Lance Stroll, and then goes on all of these spy missions. Um, and it is absurd in the absolute best way possible. When I said this fic was treated, like, semi-seriously, like, Lando in this fic takes his job more seriously than anything on Earth. He literally will put himself in harm's way over and over again rather than admit, hey, my job is actually that I review restaurants and i am not a spy please don't take me on this mission with you <laughs> uh but like okay there's a point pretty early on where he's in this private jet with uh sebastian and lance and sebastian's like oh like what do you say like we could really use your help on this one like it seems like mi6 like gives you a lot of free time he has an out he could just be like oh i'm so sorry i actually have a job in Verisi, Verese, I don't know how you say the region name, but he, like, he has somewhere to be for his actual job. He could just be like, oops, am I six sending me there? And instead he's like, no, that would be too suspicious. They're going to know something's up. So he's like, yes, I would love to be a consultant on this job. Also, one of the things I found the funniest about how Lando sort of gets um, embroiled in all of this is that when he first encounters Lance and Lance is like, obviously suspicious of him. He asks him this question, and I assume that this question is supposed to be, like, to figure out if someone is, like, a spy or not. Yeah. It's like the code but word. But the question is, where can I find the best balsamic vinegar? <laughs> and Lando answers, Modena. Which obviously is, like, where balsamic vinegar <laughs> comes from. <laughs> so, one, it's not, like, a coded question. It's just a straight-up question. Yeah. And, and two, like, the perfect thing for a food critic to, like, stumble into, which is, like, just the funniest part of it for me, because it's, like, he's supposed to be, like, the super secret spy, and his coded question to, like, suss out whether, like, Lando's <laughs> actually, like, someone he can trust with, like, the mission details is, where can I find the best balsamic vinegar? Oh, and they're, good. like, in Italy! <laughs> right. Yeah, like... You'd be surprised that this kind of thing doesn't happen more often, actually, right. where he accidentally misidentifies people as spies just because they answer the question Because I was like, I think I'd also probably say Modena. <laughs> Brenna. Well, Do I've you have something to tell us? <laughs> no, I've just watched a lot of food documentaries. <laughs> mm, likely story. Like, I feel like in, in all of these, it's always like some question like, I don't know, um... I'm trying to, like, think of a spy question. Why is this hard? <laughs> or it's, like, an obscure, like, call and response. It's not even a question. It's just sort of, yeah. like, a weird right. nonsensical phrase and an equally nonsensical response. What time is your grandmother's dentist appointment? Like, oh, half past the blood moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right, right. I feel like it's always, like, oh, but the wind was cold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> just from our D&D campaign to find out if you're in a cult. Yeah, which honestly, a lot harder to get the right answer to than like, <laughs> where did you find the best balsamic vinegar? Well, okay, but on that, I what I absolutely loved is when he's in the private jet, like early on, um, Sebastian like downloads like a flash drive and he's like looking at an image and that's supposed to lead them somewhere and like Lando leans in and he's like, oh, look at this, like this truffle oil like isn't even on the market yet. Like how could this person get it? And so I love that like in the way of a tropey fic or whatever, of course, like there is something he can actually contribute even uh-huh. though he's not a spy. I also wanted to say with the sort of initial Lance meeting, so Lance Stroll thinks he has said the secret code word and has identified another spy. Lando is like, oh, they sent another team to Italy. This makes sense. There's too many restaurants here for us to cover. (laughs) So he thinks he's talking to another food critic. And then they go to a restaurant and like Lando's like, this is business, but it's also kind of pleasure. Like, I also think this is a date. And Uh immediately like Lance like shows up late. He gets Lando. He's like, we've been compromised. Tugs him through this like back, like, I don't know, corridor or something. And then to where Sebastian is. And then there's like this fight scene between lance sebastian and then these like three unidentified people and the the fic reads lando discards the hypothesis of this being a karate demonstration when the next guy's collarbone (laughs) comes into contact with the small man's elbow with a sickening crunch and it's like why on earth would this be a karate demonstration lando and at the end of the whole thing he's like well not the worst date he's been on which AO3 user Ignis Mai, if you're listening, would love to know what your headcanon is for the worst yeah, date that Lando's please. ever been on if this didn't qualify. <laughs> Dying to know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Michelin food critics get up to outside of critiquing food. So maybe there are frequent karate demonstrations. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know. Um, I have no idea. It sounds like Brenna might know based on mm-hmm. what she was saying. Not to blow her cover, but. I was just getting the You're going to make Brenna have to evacuate this country for <laughs> oh, the next no. 10 years. <laughs> All part of my grand plan. Oh. No, just kidding. Uh, I would never make Brenna leave the country for 10 years. I wouldn't. Uh, no, I just... <laughs> I do think one other really fun thing in the same vein, though, is that Lando was actually able to help in a couple of cases because of his extensive knowledge of food. So he's able to like identify different things he's like, wait, like who should be selling this vinegar like this long before it should be used this oil or whatever. Like that's, that's the real crime. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but they're able to like trace it back to the person who is illegally selling it to like the mafia or whatever. It's incredibly wild, but I love that. They're like, wow, MI6 like really teaches you well. And he's like, I'm just interested in food. <laughs> They're like, wow, you've really re- prepared well for this mission. Yeah. He's like, uh-huh. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I feel like each comedic beat in this fic is done so well and can, like, remain so funny throughout. Like, it has that balance of, like, it's a really wild premise that could easily, like, be revealed at any moment or kind of could take the turn of, like, okay, this is kind of, go- like, going on too long. This is kind of getting old. Like, I'm a little over it. But, like, it doesn't because they keep reinventing it. <laughs> and so it just continues to be funny. Um, Yeah, I just thought the humor in this was handled really, really well. And, like, the pacing um, combined with, like, the comedic beats I thought was excellent. Yeah, agreed. Like, and I, I do like the way it felt sort of, like, fresh even at every time that it's, like, this is absurd like when they tracked down the guy who illegally sold i think it was like 
olive oil or truffle oil or something. They track down Daniel, who is Daniel Ricardo, who is a Formula One driver. And Sebastian's like, oh, yeah, this this is Lando from MI6. And Daniel's like, oh, yeah, MI6, you know Alex? And Lando's like, yes, I know Alex. He's a nice guy. <laughs> like, it's just like little things that just are so funny. And, and like, Daniel's like, yeah, super nice guy. That just keep like rolling with it. Um, yeah. And the point where they find out that he's not a spy is also so funny because, well, okay, so they've all been kidnapped, which sounds serious, but this fic is very lighthearted. So they're hanging in a meat locker and Lando is panicking and Sebastian goes, you're an excellent agent and you're going to get out of here. And like, finally, Lando's like, I'm not a spy. I'm a fucking Michelin food critic. I've been trying to protect my identity. I've been trying to protect my identity this whole time, but you guys wouldn't leave me alone. And now I'm going to die and I've never eaten at Jiro's. He trails off short of breath, the thought of an old Japanese man's mouth melting nigiri enough to make him choke up. <laughs> like, oh, buddy. It literally takes them being kidnapped. And also just like Sebastian being like, yes, it's okay. You're, you're a good spy. You're going to get through this. And yeah. he's like, I'm not, though. That's not comforting at all. I'm just some guy. <laughs> yeah, it's extremely fun. And like, I do, I really loved, um, Reed, you alluded to these earlier, but the little like entry logs or mm. whatever of... Um, how the restaurant was and like their thoughts on it um i thought those were really fun i love the way that they were interspersed throughout the fic like between scenes because it felt like such a good way to constantly reinforce to us that this is not lando's world i mean we know trust me we know (laughs) um but i really liked that as a choice to continue them throughout the entire thing and i mean they're fun too they're funny there's little like notes and stuff and you get like the supervisor review note or whatever that's like please for the love of god talk about the food (laughs) (laughs) um but i really liked that and i think it added to it when he finally was like come on how like how can you still think I'm a spy at this point? Basically, like, you would not let me just keep my secret in peace. I had to jump through all of these hoops and somehow you still think I'm at my six. It's good. I also, along with that, really liked that. Um, so you have these logs and some of them are written by Lando and some of them are written by George, like his sort of like partner in this team. Um, and you also get just kind of interspersed in parentheses, these little flashback moments of interactions between um, Lando and George and also their supervisor, Lewis. And I liked how it tied them in. Like, it made Lando's world a little fuller, even as he's just wrapped up in this spy stuff. Like, I like that it helped sort of ground him, again, like another tie sort of to his real job and his real life. Um, those are really fun. I really liked those inclusions as well. One thing I really thought was also excellent and very funny in this fic was that uh, Lando sort of gets equipped with all of these new little MI6 gadgets via Lance um, and like never has any idea what they do, um, but a lot of them are like voice activated. (laughs) So throughout the fic, sometimes he'll just be sort of talking out loud to someone else or like to himself or be like, I need to do this. And his little like watch gadgets and things will kind of just like assist him with it. But one really excellent moment is towards the end where like they're like tied up by the bad guys and he's they're sort of he's very much despairing and uh Lance is like just use the little laser function in your watch and he's like the what in my what and then like nearly takes one of them out with a laser which is very funny written and also like is just one of those moments that played out really well in my head. I think the kind of little gadget spy things would have all been very comedic like in film too and like very enjoyable. So yeah, I just thought that was like another element that like added to the fic very well for me. And like, I like 
like kind of James Bond and like spy films a lot. So I don't know. It's always fun when people kind of take those little things and like sprinkle them other places. And like, it was just very funny in this. Totally agree. And I think something that was really fun about it is um, I feel like through different James Bond eras, like the gadgets either are more or less absurd. Um, I have not watched all of the films, but like, I think the Craig films are a little bit more like in the realm of realistic versus I was recently watching some old Pierce Brosnan and James Bond movies. Um, and there is one in which like he is controlling a car, like he's driving a car from the backseat via like his watch or his phone. I can't remember. And it's absolutely absurd and so implausible. And that is the exact thing that happens to Lando in this fic where he's in the backseat of this like self-driving car. And I think because this whole fic is based on the most absurd, hilarious premise and just leans into it, it also makes sense that, like, you would have this watch that can do anything or that they, like, jump out of the top story of um, an airport and Sebastian, like, fires the wire up that catches them so they just, like, gracefully hit the ground. Like, the whole thing just felt so right. Yeah, I think that's going to do it for our discussion on A Better Way Forward. If you couldn't tell, it is just truly a delightful and hilarious fic from start to finish. Um, if you would like to just get some good laughs out of your day, would absolutely recommend. And once again, uh, AO3 user Ignis Mai, or perhaps any ficlet who feels really passionate about Cars 2, if you would like to share your knowledge with us, we would definitely appreciate it. Well, howdy, everybody. We came to the end of another episode of Fake Click. Thank you so much for listening. And we would love to connect with you on other social media. You can connect with us at Fake Click on Twitter and Tumblr or email us at FakeClickPod at gmail.com. We'd also love to hear from you in a review that you leave for our podcast. You can do this on Apple Podcasts or if you listen to our podcast somewhere else that allows reviews. Um, they mean a lot to us and... Despite doing this for nearly two years now, we are still a small pod uh, and definitely grow mostly via word of mouth. So things like reviews are super helpful. If you loved an episode in particular, maybe even this one, and you want to like give it a retweet on Twitter or something like that, tell your friend, tell your coworker, tell your aunt, <laughs> anything you want. <laughs> We'd love people to listen. If you feel like repping FitClick in your everyday life, you can find our merch on Redbubble. The link to that is on our Twitter, and our merch was designed by Brenna and friend of the pod Tiffany. It is super cute. I have a mug for our updated logo, and I love it quite a lot. So yeah, if you want to check that out, like I said, link is on our Twitter. And we also have a Discord server, which you can find linked on our Twitter if you want to come hang out with some like-minded ficlets and also your hosts and chat about fanfiction and fandom and writing and your pets and your plants and cooking and nature and fandom. It's great. Our next episode, which will be coming out September 17th, is another one of our regular three fic format episodes. Uh, Nick, what is the fic you're bringing? The fic I'm bringing is called Some Summers, They Drop Like Flies by Kvikindi, which is a Marvel fic, and it specifically is set immediately post-Captain America, The Winter Soldier. So I'm very excited to talk about it. Brenna, what are you bringing? Yeah, the fic I'm going to bring is called We Were Meant for Love, We Were Meant for This by Atlantis Airlock. Uh, it is for the fandom Crazy Rich Asians, and its uh, relationship tag is for Rachel and Astrid. Reed, what's yours? 
My fic is Angles of Unfair Advantage by Misandry Witch for the fandom Check Please, and it is Shitty Knight Kent Parson. Um, if you're not into Check Please, yes, that Shitty is the character name. You didn't hear that wrong. <laughs> He's just really bad at being a knight. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I love you clarifying that as if you were editorializing, potentially. <laughs> Well, after we wrap this recording, I'm going to drive home in a car, so I think I'm on my way to learning more about the Cars 2 universe. That's all you got from me. Bye! Well, if you're not very graceful, then maybe you'll end up making a deal with the devil by accident, but I hope you don't. See you next week. Bye! Well, I hope none of you get caught up in a plot to expose someone who's creating fake ghosts of someone you once loved. Bye! <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs>